0: Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to remind you that you can change your environment. I'll also be interviewing Patrick Schepler, who is an executive coach and leadership expert. Patrick's methodology and insight will help you become the expert leader you were meant to be. For more information on Patrick, please visit scheplerconsulting.com. Way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, JamesMillerLifeology.com, and click on the page Work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Changing your environment. Have you ever noticed when you walk into a room that people stop and look at you, or they may change the topic of conversation because they know that it would offend you? We often don't realize that we have more influence or more charisma than we thought. Every time we enter a conversation or every time we talk about someone or something, we have the ability to influence how that conversation goes. If I continually talk about something that's really negative, then the conversation will continue to go negative, and each person will start to have a negative attitude. Conversely, I can also be influenced by individuals who speak negatively. They can start to talk about something, and pretty soon, I will find myself also engaging in something negative. And then once I leave, my mood is pretty tainted, and I may struggle the rest of the day. The lesson today is really exciting because every time you interact with somebody, you have the opportunity to make it just a little bit more healthy, a little bit more positive. I really want to encourage you today. Listen to your words. Listen to your conversation. Do you find that it's uplifting? Do you find that once you do leave, that people do feel inspired, that people do feel encouraged to be the best they can be that day? Each time you interact with somebody, make it a goal to see them smile. Make a goal to leave that situation a little bit healthier than it was before you entered it. When you have this mindset, it helps you not only focus on the good and the positive, but it also keeps your mood and your spirits bolstered. Now, of course, difficult times will happen in our life, but it still doesn't mean it has to influence our environment. It doesn't have to influence our talk or conversation or how we interact with other people. We have the ability to change our environments. We have the ability to change our world. So I really want to encourage you today, if you're tired of the conversations that you engage in, or you're tired of the negativity that you may experience at work, then change it. Simply be mindful of what you say. Be mindful of your comportments, or in other words, your behavior. If you find that you talk behind people's back, then that is what you're gonna be known for. That is how your environment is going to react. So you have the wonderful opportunity and the responsibility to be aware of everything you say and do because once you leave, you have influenced that environment whether you realize it or not. So today, change your environment. Change to the way that will inspire others to influence them the same. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled Spirit Mind Body The Perfect Triad. This non-religious course helps you understand how your intuition, or rather your gut, your logic and your body all work together to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Enroll in the class today! My guest today is Patrick Schepler, an executive coach and leadership expert. Patrick is the author of the Leadership Minute, a video and text series that gives daily leadership and self-development advice for individuals in all leadership roles. He's here today to share his wisdom and help each one of us maximize our own leadership potential. Welcome to my show, Patrick.
1: James, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. It was funny. I was going through your information and realized that you are one of the students of Stephen Kuhn, who was a former guest of mine. So I know, obviously, that you're going to be an amazing guest.
1: (laughs) I am. It was a great show to listen to, even.
0: Oh, that's good. I'm glad you had a chance to listen to it. Now, my listeners know that I love to get people's origin stories. So as a little boy, did you know that you had the leadership of, uh, I guess, a leadership ability?
1: No. So when I was a, a younger child, basically I did everything I could to just get by. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, anything to not draw too much attention to mm-hmm. myself was what I went for. Um, so, I, you know, if you would ask me when I was uh, a sophomore or even a, a junior in high school, I would have laughed at you.
0: Oh, really? Well, that's in- it's so interesting to hear how people start out and then where they are today. Now, you joined the armed forces, isn't that correct? Yes, I did.
1: Uh, so I, I right after high school, because I knew if I went to college, it would have been bad right away. Mm-hmm. So so at 17, I went to boot camp and, and ended up doing 14 year, years
0: in the Marine Corps. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, thank you for serving us, serving our country and protecting us. We definitely appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Did you eventually go back to school?
1: I did. So I went back and I got my bachelor's while I was in. Um, and. It's, what I got, my business administration degree. Mm-hmm. And then I went back now and I'm finishing up my master's. I finish in December. And then in January, I start my doctorate.
0: Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. Oh, That's really exciting.
1: You yeah, I said go from, uh, you know, that person that knew I, I wasn't good for college at that time, but knew it was important to me and a good example for my kids
0: from there. Oh, that's great. You know, it's kind of funny. A little backstory of myself is I remember I was in graduate school and I found out later by one of my mentors that she was like, yeah, a lot of the professors didn't think that you'd be a good clinician or good psychologist. (laughs) And uh, they didn't think you were going to make it. And I find that hilarious today. But regardless, thanks. I know. It is kind of funny to hear our own origin stories. Now, I want to figure this out. So most people have different connotations or different meanings of, of words. Now, for you, what is your meaning of a leader?
1: So for me, it's just somebody who really looks out for their employees or those that are in their charge. You know, I can think back as some of the very best leaders that I've had. And those are ones that, you know, it wasn't just, Hey, you're going to show up and you're going to work on this, this production line. It was, how can I help you make your job better, make it easier, make you more efficient. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think of when, when I think of a leader.
0: Well, that, that leads me to my next question. Does a leader always have to be in charge? No, and in fact, most of the time, what I
1: found nowadays talking with companies is, you know, there's people in the leadership roles, you know, the ones Mm -hmm. that you have to follow me because I'm a leader. But more often than not, individuals in a company are going to go to more senior employees instead of their boss or manager because that open that open door policy that's always there, you know, isn't really there. Sure. And why do you think that is? Uh, You know, it's just a lack of leadership training. Mm -hmm. We see there's that old guard mentality of you know, I'm the leader, you're going to follow me. And if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, nowadays they're going somewhere else. You know, turnover rates are getting higher. It's costing companies more money. Mm -hmm. And that way of thinking derives from individuals not receiving leadership training for about two to five years in a management position.
0: And, And you think that's where that power, I guess that power hungry role comes in?
1: Yeah, they've just observed, you know, the the only thing that they've seen is what they've observed. That's their leadership mentality that's been passed down. And it used to work with the different generations in the workforce. Sure. But now that there's five generations, you know, that stuff doesn't work with millennials. It doesn't work oh, with Gen Z.
0: Yes. It doesn't work with <laughs> yeah, us exactly. at
1: all. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I, I'm, I'm one of those millennials that, you know, you go everywhere and people say, oh, those millennials. Well, Sick. no, we can be one of the most productive work, you know, groups in the workforce, sure. we just need to be led properly.
0: Exactly. Now, was there a specific, I guess, uh, situation that happened with you that you realized, wow, these, uh, there is a deficit here of leadership training.
1: Yeah. So when I got out of the Marine Corps and it kind of started with me is, you know, the Marine Corps teaches um, amazing leadership responsibilities and roles, but it's a different kind of leadership for a different environment. So when I worked for a nonprofit, I was like, wow, this is, I can't lead the same here than mm. I did. So I started changing it a little bit, but I noticed that their turnover rate was amazingly high, but nobody was tracking it. Ah, okay. It was an important thing. So I was like, all right, well, maybe it's just the nonprofit sector. So I went over and became a general manager in a manufacturing facility. And it was kind of the same way Mm. where, you know, even their, some of their most senior management hadn't had any management training and they were continuously asking for it. So I quickly realized like, wow, this is just across the board, not just one or two companies. You know, this is an across the board problem. And I really started researching it.
0: Did you notice a difference between the people who had the training and people who had not? Oh, absolutely. They tend
1: to take care of their employees a lot more. They focus on getting their employees productive and taking care of them as much as possible. And those are the people that employees want to work for. They'll work longer for, they'll work harder for as opposed to the individuals that say, Hey, you're, you're going to follow me because I'm the boss.
0: Well, there's, there isn't that chasm there, the difference between us versus them. It seems like it's, it's really more of the leader really taking care of them, but looking more of, of, I guess, coming more from a servitude aspect, as opposed to being that, like you said, a power hungry uh, boss. Exactly. Let's talk about communication. You know, that's one thing I've, I've, as a leader myself, as far as I've been regional managers of many many companies that's one thing i noticed was a communication deficit for many people let's talk more about the communication styles that some leaders have or don't have or perhaps deficits that they do demonstrate
1: yeah so one of the biggest things that i've seen and this is um you know i teach as the three pillars of epic leadership one of them is effective communication Mm -hmm. and nowadays technology is great right we all love it but what happens it's leadership by email Uh so instead of Having a conversation with somebody, we shoot an email Mm -hmm. and it can be misinterpreted. You know, it takes that human aspect out of it and building the relationships out of it. So there's times when emails are great and we need to, you know, shoot one off and it's the best way that we can do it. But we need to take the time to reestablish those relationships so people aren't taking the email wrong or we're really. Taking the misunderstandings out of those emails, or out of the text messages, or a quick phone call.
0: Well, it removes the nuances and the emotional, I guess, emotional intelligence aspect of a, of an email or of, of a communication um, between two people. Because if I don't, if I hear a word, kind of like I said earlier, what is the meaning of leadership for you? If someone has a different meaning of a word or a different phrase, and all of a sudden they're going to hear that differently, and they're not going to respond in a way that is um, that works um, that works hand in hand. It can become often confrontational.
1: Absolutely. And, and that runs into the second pillar of Epic leadership, which is emotional intelligence.
0: Oh, okay. Well, let's stop for a second. Let's talk about that because I, I know that's one of the methodologies you use is the Epic methodology. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So the first one that we have, like I said, there's three pillars. The first one is effective communication. So when I sit down with my clients, we talk about what are the best ways to communicate? What are the barriers that you have up? Um, you know, coaching, counseling, all those different things that go into it. And then the second one we cover is emotional intelligence. Well, let me stop you one second. Let's
0: go back to the first, the first one there, the epic part of it, or the E part of it, the effective communication. Are there different ways in which people can communicate? Because your version of communication and my version of communication may be a little bit different. So are there different, um, I guess, different formats in which people can communicate? Yeah.
1: So it, you know, each individual, just like the definition of leadership, each individual thinks communication differently, Uh right? Like you're my manager sometimes that I used to have might want me to check in with them every day, Uh right? Other managers may say, Hey, check in once a week. You know, there's, there's different levels of a communication that they want. And then there's different expectations. You know, Some managers want a written report every day. Some of them just want you to see them in the hallway and say, Hey, this is what happened today. Mm -hmm. So it's Really finding out what is it as a manager, as a supervisor that you expect? How do you communicate that to your employees so that they know their expectations?
0: Yeah, which makes me think of, let's say that you're training me in this this methodology, but my boss hasn't been trained in that. So as a student learning this EPIC model and then being around my boss who doesn't have it, I'm sure that could be very difficult.
1: It can, but that's that's one of the great things about this and about effective communication is if you go through this training and then you sit down with your boss, you can sit down and actually say to your boss, "Hey, you know what? I'm just trying to make sure I hit everything that you want." Mm-hmm. And you can do a kind of a coaching call or a counseling call with your supervisor. You know, Without what are your ex-
0: sure. <laughs> yeah? Well,
1: so, you know, oftentimes, and I'm sure you've seen this a lot, our job descriptions are completely different than what our our boss or our manager expects mm-hmm. from us a lot of the time. Very true. But how often do we sit down and say, hey, you know, I just want to see exactly what your expectations are for me so I can come in and just crush it every day and make you look better?
0: Yeah, which I'm sure many people who don't have this training, if they are maybe a little insecure in themselves or their ability to be a leader, then they definitely would like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then what happens come performance eval time, they're getting marked down because they didn't know the real expectations Mm -hmm. that that manager or leader had. But now you go through and you do this call on your supervisor, on your manager, they know, ex- you know exactly what your expectations are. So come performance eval time, there's no surprises.
0: Sure. Yeah, exactly. And that goes back to the effective part of the communication. Oh yeah. So what's the second part of that? So the second part is emotional intelligence
1: mm-hmm. and that goes, we break down the four domains. So self-awareness, mm-hmm. self-management, social awareness, and relationship awareness. And we really focus on the employee aspect of it and building relationships. Okay. Because a lot of times right now, there seems to be, we've developed an us versus them mentality in management versus employees. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is we need to break those barriers down and figure out how do we deal with those employees' emotions and recognize that they're not just a number.
0: Yeah. individualize them, of course.
1: Exactly. And, and, and you know, it's sad to say, but that's what happens so often is, again, if I hear this all the time, well, if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, which is really unfortunate because it's, that really is creating that rift of I'm not, my as my staff, they're not worth anything if they're very replaceable. That doesn't feel good to hear that. I mean, why would I want to stick around if I'm told that I'm just a number or I can easily be replaced by somebody else? That that doesn't feel very good.
1: Absolutely. And who wants to get up and go to work for somebody like that, mm-hmm. right? That's one person who's got a foot in the door, but is just waiting for the next opportunity. And then not only that, but it spreads like wildfire throughout the company.
0: Yeah, because a disgruntled employee can definitely be a thorn in the side for any manager, because if they are, if their feelings are hurt, then yeah, of course you're going to tell other people and then the other people are going to listen for that. And if they f- hear the same thing, then yes, it definitely will spread like wildfire. Absolutely. And the next part of the Epic solution, what is it?
1: So the next part is taking an approach to their actual universal needs. Okay. So w- what we do is we analyze from that employer's perspective, are they meeting the needs of their employees? Do those employees know they've got a job? Mm-hmm. You know, do, do they, are they, do they know in every day that, you know, if I m- make one small mistake, I'm, I'm not going to get fired, you know, things happen. Is there variety in their jobs? Do they feel significant in their job? Are they establishing good connections? Is there room for growth? Are they able to contribute? You know, all those h- basic human needs, are they being met by that company?
0: That's a good point. And we we'll are really we'll looking at a difference between thriving and just surviving, if I'm surviving exactly. just because I need a paycheck, versus I'm thriving in this in this work environment and I really enjoy it, my gosh, of course I'd, I would be very loyal.
1: Exactly, and one of the funny things is when I sit down with CEOs and all these other individuals, the first one of the first things I ask is, "What is your job here?" And it goes to the significance portion, and they can't even tell me other than, "Well, I lead the company." Yeah. Well, okay, you you do more than that. Like, what is it? You know, you make sure each individual is successful. To ultimately ensure the profitability of your company, but it's more than just the paperwork. And if you can't identify that as a CEO, as a president of a company, how can you know your production workers do that?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point because it will trickle down. If if I don't know the direction I'm driving a car, then obviously the people yeah, follow me. Exactly. I'm like, where are we going?
1: <laughs> exactly. And, and what we found is that by meeting. Each and every one of these needs, obviously, you know, you won't be able to hit them all at the exact same time for most people, but by prioritizing the ones you need to hit and implementing those, we can change the culture of a company. You know, normally it takes months to years Mm -hmm. to really change that company culture, but by doing these trainings, we can change it in weeks to months. Wow.
0: And I I think the other part is these leaders need to really buy into it. You know, if I'm coming from a position of, I've been a leader for a long time without training, and I'm told that I can learn how to be more effective in my, in my leadership ability. If I don't really buy into that, I'm not really interested or not really I don't believe it, then unfortunately, it's probably not going to be as effective until I do see those results
1: absolutely and that has to be driven from the top down mm-hmm. you know it has to come from the top down otherwise it's just not going to be effective sure. you know your your middle management could say hey this is great let's do it but if it's not being pushed by upper management it it's not going to do any good it's not going to be effective cuz they're going to get the same results from the president of the, that company
0: and i think that really boils down to the top leader is a leader obviously but it, if 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 they are they're the one who drives the culture and if their culture if they're not buying into this. And unfortunately, like you said, it is not going to last. It is not going to change. And unfortunately that company will not be as, as productive or as effective as it could be.
1: Exactly. You know, there's, as I go through and I I travel a lot giving seminars to a lot of new managers, but as you go through, you know, is it one of those bosses that comes in and you don't talk to them for the first two hours until they've had their cup of coffee and You know, they they go in their office and shut the door right away, or do they walk the plant and say hi to everybody and set Mm -hmm. the tone for the day Mm -hmm. as soon as they come in?
0: Sure. I mean, there definitely is a difference in that. You know, I've I've worked in positions where, I've seen both of those types of things with leaders, and it definitely does make a difference in my own life when I was in those positions.
1: Oh yeah, and it's the small things like that. You know, for a production worker, a lot of times if you're in a big company, you don't see a lot of the C level executives. Mm -hmm. So for them to come through once in a while and just. You know, even the little things like just come through and say, hi, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. How can I make your life better? How can I add value to you? Has a huge impact. And that's just something small you can do.
0: Well, even knowing somebody's name. I mean, I think that's a huge, oh, yeah, really normal, to really individualize someone like that. That's a huge gift you can give somebody.
1: Absolutely. And it, it just makes them, you know, we go back to that significance in the connection that each of us crave and desire. Mm-hmm if that C-level executive comes through and you're working production and they say, hey, you know, hey, James, how's it going today? You're going to light up and you're going to be more productive through the rest of the day just because somebody said your name and said hi. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, they really recognize that. And that's that's so important. Absolutely. We only have a few more minutes, but I wanted to focus a little bit more on your leadership minute series. Tell us a little bit about that. So each
1: day I'll post some sort of an article or a video on different types of leadership or every once in a while I will send... Uh, a question out to my audience and just say, Hey, what are you dealing with? What issues do you have right now that I can try and answer? Mm-hmm. And then I'll go through and I'll do a video series throughout the week on that. And then another thing is once a quarter, I have a book come out. It's their little pocket books that'll become part of a larger series. Oh, great. So the, yeah, the first one was, um, the art and science of Epic leadership. Mm-hmm. The second one was setting goals. And the next one is going to be about the three pillars of epic leadership.
0: Oh, that's great. Okay. Now, when you say you post this, is this on your social media? Is this on your website?
1: Yeah. So it's on my social media. You can go to Facebook under Patrick Shupler or you can go to Facebook on Shupler Consulting. Okay. And it can be found there. And then to get a free copy of the book, all they have to do is go to my website, which is shuplerconsulting.com, sign up for the free email, or they can even book a call with me right there.
0: Perfect. Okay. That is great. When we talk about leaders, leadership as a role, how do where do you see the trend going with leaders? I mean, obviously we look at the different generations and the trend is moving towards what? I
1: think the biggest trend is moving towards you know it used to be the customer is always right now you know i still mm-hmm. believe that sure. in an aspect but i think it's m- going to be more so about providing for your employees and taking care of your employees because they are going to be the ones who take care of your customers
0: which i think is a really great point as, as i kind of just extrapolate that in my in my mind right now is that's that's really true i mean if, if i've trained my leader or trained my staff really to be effect, as effective as possible, then they are going to be as effective as possible when it comes to the products they they, um, they provide, the communication they provide. And so in that, I would probably see a lower negative interaction with the customers.
1: Exactly. And you know, you think about it as an individual, you get reprimanded for something small, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of that day is shot for you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens. You're not going to be very productive. You're going to have somewhat of an attitude on the phone and customers can sense that stuff.
0: Yeah. So by,
1: you. yeah. So communicating effectively and handling the situation with some emotional intelligence is going to work out so much better and have a much more positive impact for your customers.
0: Yeah, that is really true. Well, I like that. I like to hear that, you know, you're definitely on top of the trend. You're seeing where things are going and that's obviously why you're an expert on my, uh, that I have you on my show today. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you, <laughs> One more time, give us the, uh, your main website where people may follow you and, and connect with you.
1: So the website is Shepeler Consulting. That's S-C-H-E-P-E-L-E-R consulting.com.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It was such a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join with us today.
1: Oh, James, thank you. The pleasure was all mine.